Welcome to Diabetes Technology Report, co-hosted by endocrinologist David Klonoff from UCSF and David Kerr from Sutter Health. Welcome to Diabetes Technology Report. This is the podcast that covers diabetes technology. I'm David Klonoff. I'm an endocrinologist at Sutter Health and UC San Francisco. I'm going to introduce our co-moderator, who will introduce our guest today. Here is Dr. David Kerr. Hello, everyone. Uh, David Kerr speaking to you from Santa Barbara, California. It's a real pleasure to welcome our guest um, today, Grazia Aleppo. Hey, Grazia, welcome. Hello, David. Both Davids. Yeah. Um, we'd like to begin these podcasts with just a just a brief introduction. Can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you're doing at the moment? For sure. My name is Grazia Aleppo. I'm a professor of medicine in the Division of Endocrinology at uh, the Northwestern University in Chicago. I'm an adult endocrinologist and take care of uh, just diabetes patients every day. And I just love technology. And that's why I hope to be here in this wonderful uh, meeting with each other here. Fantastic. So, I mean, we love you to bits, but one of the main reasons we brought you today is we were really, really intrigued by your recent article in the Journal of Diabetes Science and Technology. It was about integration of continuous glucose monitoring into the electronic health record. Can you tell us why did you set out to do this? What, what, what was the driver behind doing this study? The driver was that we thought we had so much information from our systems, our CGM. But then again, we want to make it much easier to our providers to take a look at the data. Instead of going from place to place, from software to software, this will be integrated in our medical records and everybody can access the data at any given time. So I was very fortunate to have the help of this wonderful engineers. I call them the geniuses because they're really the brains behind this, um, this idea to say, can we actually make it happen? And so through the Dexcom API and we develop our own system, we were able to integrate, actually to feed the data from the Dexcom API to the Epic. And we have this way to uh, link the two together by inviting our patients to participate um, by sending on my chart invitation. They basically go to their home device and they link the account and the information is on the screen for just about everybody to see. And that accomplished two things. We can look at the data everywhere we are. Don't need to remember so many passwords and things have to go on. But also we can see the, the actual raw data if we wish to do that or the specific number if we wish to do that. But also we develop a, a, um, a reproduct sort of a, 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 an image how to report this to our colleagues. And to that we have attached instructions for our primary care providers so they don't feel sort of scared or overwhelmed into looking at these data. And we have specific, specific booklets that we created for them step by step on how to view the data, interpret it, and document it in the chart and actually build the code 95251. Grazia, what do you think is the future of continuous glucose monitoring compared to blood glucose monitoring? So I am a technology lover, as you guys know, so I would love to see no more blood glucose monitoring if possible and to make the CGM so available cost-wise and access-wise to everybody. And why do I say this with so much passion? I have seen the effect, of course, in type 1 patients. We know that. 
But what I see in type 2 patients, even more, um, not only rewarding for the patient, but also for us providers, they get so much more out of it. And why do I say that? You know, we know the patients with type 1 diabetes have been taught to check their glucose for many years. They're sort of used to doing that, more or less. But our type 2 patients have so much more to learn, not just the number per se, but the effect of exercise, a walk after dinner, the food that they perhaps shouldn't have chosen or they decide to choose, or a better comparison between a chicken breast and a donut. And these really are between the patients and themselves. And that makes a huge difference. It encourages a patient, gives so much feedback to them, and really makes them do so much better. Are you recommending that your type 2 patients use a continuous glucose monitor every day or a certain number of weeks out of the year? So it depends. So when patients don't have access for that through the insurance, we do professional CGM. And whenever we can, we do it unblinded with the purpose to say to the patient, look what your glucose levels are doing for the first five days. The following five days, because we use the the 10-day unblinded CGM, Make some interventions and see if you make, give some time some homework and say, will this work more than this? At the end of those 10 days, we have them come in and we'll review the data with them. Very often they say, can I please go on this system moving forward? We try our best to do that. For those for whom we can, of course, we prescribe it. For those whom we cannot, we do serial CGM professionally throughout, sometimes three or four times a year uh, regularly. Grazie. Just going back to the integration, I'm intrigued. Um, what, what were the sort of challenges that you faced and how involved with this and how big was the team and how much buy-in did you have to get from your IT department and all, all of those kind of political questions? Can you just describe the scenario of what went on? So I am always reminding the, our leadership that we need more access for our providers, but also it turns out I was very fortunate because around that time, about a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, we are placed our Northwestern Medicine started a remote patient hub. And so there was the perfect timing to say, why don't we talk about CGM? Can we actually integrate? And so that became something they were interested in. And so because we talk about the integration, but also there was already an idea starting, they actually invested on it themselves. I didn't have to beg for anything. And they put at my uh, disposal this fantastic team. But we had to design everything from scratch. So even though the desire was there, we had to really think it through because we basically started from nothing. And so we want to do, but how are we going to do that? So not just the engineer to understand the transfer of the data, but also on our end, I wanted to make sure that the providers would have an easy work on doing this. It would be very simple because if it's one more click, the providers wouldn't do it. And so my job was to develop the idea on how to make it simple for our colleagues. And that's why we made this BPA, the best practice advice that will come in. And how do we make that happen? We said, okay, who are the patients who will be eligible for CGM? Who already use it? With multiple daily user injections, of course, it will be there. And also based on the insulin users, just like the mobile study show, it was effective. So based on the medication list, we were able to gather this patient sort of uh, the list of a patient patients. And then we combine those to the provider who had prescribed this. And by doing this, all DPAs coming up, the provider just had to click one button, that's it. And the, the my chart is automatically sent to the patient, it's personalized, comes and say from me or from another provider. And that was it. 
everything else was done in the background. So whomever uses this, in fact, now we have a medical assistant putting the orders. So it's that simple. The second thing we had to do simple for a provider was find the tab on the chart. If you have to look for it, you're not going to do it. So we have a tab that says CGM and shows some up and down with a little scribble in there. And they just click on the tab and the information comes automatically for the previous two weeks. They can change it if they wish to, but they don't have to. And I guess uh, the question is, if other hospitals and other places are interested in this, is it okay for people to reach out to you and learn what you've done? Because it sounds like there must have been some n- negative or problems along well, the way. Hold on. That you, that- Let me tell you. So it's not always pink. The challenges were two. First of all, we had to make sure that the actual patient read the matcher messages and signed up. And so now we're doing, uh, we've done bulk orders. So we know that we capture as many patients as we could. We're just doing a pilot right now. Remember, it's not for the entire institution. We had to make sure that the data was correct and stuff like that. But the challenges are basically two. One is the patient doesn't read their MyChar messages, which happens, right? And two, if we don't nudge them to do it in the clinic. So when you do that, at the same time, it becomes a done deal. Otherwise, we have to connect with the patient again until they actually remember to connect the two. So we're still working how to optimize this portion of our pilot to say, okay, the order is simple, the method is simple, well, are every, everybody's getting invited actually clicking that allow or link the account. So there are always challenges and we're learning from um, how to implement this in a much larger scale. And that's why right now we've been doing some steps. We started with some, a couple of providers and then we are extending now to all the providers in the endocrinology uh, practice. We have many um, satellite places, but just in the central region, which is the downtown Chicago area, the faculty practice. There are central, north, west, south regions. We're not extended to them just yet. We're trying to really optimize the process and also the, the patient process as well. So that's the barrier so far. Grazia, how do you find that this uh, integration project has led to improved clinical care? First of all, the patients call us very often. They say, I have an issue with my CGM. And sometimes it's difficult to go to another computer, open another thing. So we have the data right there. The nurses can see it. and can say the patient is sharing with you in the chart. So I know the message. I look immediately. For example, if a patient had a hypoglycemic episode and I try to find the number. So I looked with the exact number and saw how long it lasted. So that was helpful for me to really fix it. I sent a message back with some plan of therapy, change insulin, decrease the dose, done. In addition to that, when we can do that, patient feels more comfortable, say, I'm having a challenge. And that actually I find to be very positive for the patient because what patient ever contacts you between visits? They usually don't. But when they see the numbers and they have a challenge and they want to fix it before the next six months or three months and they contact you, for me, it really is two minutes. I open the chart, look at the tab, look at the data. If I can, I drop the code because I have a, a dot phrase that I can use to, to do all the glucometrics. Done. The patient has feedback. It's a touch point between visits. The glucose will be better, whether hypo decrease or hyper decrease, hyperglycemia. And I was able to provide a service. I think that's all positive. Gracia, I just wanted to clarify, is this only with the Dexcom type of continuous glucose monitoring or For is now. it with the other ones? So we are in touch with Abbott, of course, but it's a matter how they how they export their data. So right now we're receiving through the API it's already available to other um, entities. 
from Dexcom. Abbott is a different system, so we're working together with them to understand how we can get the data pushed, not pulled. We push the data into the medical records right now. Gracia, now that you have access to all this uh, data, it certainly was expensive to get to this point. Uh, are you able to do any billing for services now that this information is in the chart? Does that help your hospital financially? Yes. So the purpose was, okay, we have data available, and you will know that you can do a non-face-to-face interpretation even up to once a month, and you drop the code 95251. So that accomplishes several things. We inform the patients that we do that because we always use the code in a regular visit, but we always tell the patients, should you have an issue, you are able to do that, just know we've dropped the code. But for us, it's so much easier now because it's when I open my encounter, I click the tab. I don't have to go to a different place. And because I don't have to even copy all the numbers, I put our that phrase and it's already there. And there is a table, a tab that says charge. Yes, I'm done. So they should also, because, you know, we provide services all the time, and I'm not trusting that we are, to, we are greedy, not, not even the least, but why not improve the patient care and also help us do some more RVUs and some, you know, benefits financially, since endo is so few procedures, that is not something I to frown upon. Grazie, did you read the I-code standard? When I you were, did. What did you think? I even discussed it in my presentation at the end of society, of course, because that is the basis on starting all this. The, all this is important for just, I think, everybody. Because remember, when the CGM is stuck in a software, all the other providers don't see that. But the primary care with whom I co-share the manager of the patient can go in the very same tab to look at the very same data that I'm using, that I'm looking at, excuse me. So that is so helpful. And also it's safe, it's encrypted. It's all the things you guys talk about in the iCode. Yes, it was a fantastic publication. Thank you for mentioning it. Well, Grazia, I want to thank you very much for taking part in this podcast. I want to thank Dr. David Kerr, my co-host. And uh, we look forward to the next podcast. Uh, We are available on Spotify, the Apple Store, the Diabetes Technology Society website. So until our next podcast, see you later. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.